All right, I gotta shut Russell off for a second. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Four Transplants and a Microphone. Just to let you know, we're here for Charlotte, all things Charlotte. If you're thinking of moving to Charlotte, already have moved to Charlotte, you want to check us out. Uh, we got some good insight for you. So uh, we have, again, a returning guest. Uh, I will let uh, him introduce himself this time since... He's been on often enough that he doesn't need Jack introduction. But we do have the regulars here. So Brian Johnson, uh, I am the owner of Main & Johnson, the business coaching and consulting company you're aware of. And we've got... Brandon with Superior Data Solutions. We're an IT solutions provider. And Jack Tompkins with Pineapple Consulting Firm, helping small businesses become data-driven. I'm still deciding if I let Russell out of jail. <laughs> 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 All right, Russell. That. Russell, you can introduce yourself. Your mic's live. Yeah, just remember, <laughs> don't Russell piss Brandon McLeod off. Russell <laughs> Hughes, owner of Hughes Realty Advisors. We're middle market specialists <laughs> who periodically have the timer. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then finally, our guest, returning guest. Yeah, he can introduce himself this time. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm yeah, part, he's of, the part of the crew now. I mean, yeah. making the trip three times, that's yeah. kind of earned your, earned your keep. Uh, this is a, this, I've had a great time every time I've been here. So uh, Paul Blanchett, I'm with uh, nerds to go Charlotte, and we are an IT solutions company as well. We do uh, residential and commercial. So I, I, I know we have no topic planned for this, so that, that makes this even easier to say this. But, Paul, you mentioned, and I think we have maybe not a similar path, but maybe like a closer background where we were both kind of on the sales end of things. Right. And then, boom, we hopped in and started our own businesses that are not necessarily sales related. I mean, everybody's in sales, but you're doing technology. I'm doing consulting for, what have you found that like you brought with you from where you were that makes kind of your business kind of tick? Well, I think the, the is the personality, the, the uh, ability to sell it, you know, and, and interact with people. I think the one biggest knock that is not really true is that IT people aren't very easy to communicate with. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> being able to go out and, and talk to folks. And, Anybody like, else looking at Brandon or? I'm trying not to look at him because I'm not talking about him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think the, the, what's the word? Well, you're the nerd whisperer. I'm the nerd whisperer, yes. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with Paul yeah. on that because I'm more like his style than the uh, the guy that's like, dude, what are you talking about? Right. They'll let you out. Yeah, why are you talking to me? Right. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, what's the old joke? You can tell. Uh, how do you tell an extroverted IT person that you know they look at your shoes when they're talking? To you? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing about actuaries. <laughs> yeah, <with> actuaries, right? <laughs> right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, yeah, so that's uh, been uh, when, when, this, when this airs, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. yeah so that's the that's like the biggest thing I've, I, I think I've kind of bring to what we what we do at Nerds to Go. You know, it's funny because like I've gone a million miles with this and talking when you're in sales, like most people think, and, and you may have your own experiences that like you talk people into something. And my view was always you talk people out of something. So like I used to tell people like the best advice that I would try to give that I thought was most effective was don't start talking till they stop paying you to listen. Right. Because the minute you, like most people, I've been on both sides of the table because right. early in my career, I was actually in purchasing. So I was there where like, you're very regimented. Every interaction is like pre-programmed, but you go into it. And like, I think business owners sometimes forget that like, all you have to do if you wait long enough, somebody will tell you what they need 
and you can then, if you're good, you'll be able to solve it. Right. But if you ask, if you go in, here's what I offer, you're not going to get anywhere because right. you have to figure out how that lines up. Yeah, you have to find out what their business is about. Correct. And, and what their needs are and what's frustrating them and, and all the rest of it. You know, it's like when you go to a doctor's office, you know, when you go into the room, they, they don't ask you. They don't come in and say, oh, I, I, you're here for. they like, so how are you doing today? That's a really good analogy. I, you know, and I heard a podcast very similar to this. I can't remember who it was, but they were interviewing it's a doctor. Similar to this podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, was, no it was real professional. <laughs> was it someone it was more professional. professional? It was professional. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, Russell. <laughs> but they brought up a point. They were interviewing a doctor. And they said, when you're making a diagnosis, how many questions do you ask? And the doctor said, 21. And they said, why do you ask 21 questions? And he was like, because, well, he said, you ask 21 questions. When do you probably know the right answer? And he says, after the third. Right. But I never don't ask the rest of the questions because I don't want to assume I'm right. I always want to assume I'm wrong. What was that? I think he disagreed. <laughs> I know. Somebody disagreed. Jack just got a text. His curfew's coming soon. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Russell, I had to do it for you. But, I mean, in truth, like, a lot of that conversation, like, that's why, like, asking questions can get you a lot further than just talking. Right. And I think salespeople feel like they're getting paid to, like, present a situation. In the end, you're getting paid for a result. Right. And that's kind of how I've always looked at it. Well, I mean, to me, it's like if you could meld the nerd and the sales rep together, you'd have a fantastic both. Sure. Because, uh, you know, if you have someone that will, is, is okay with the silence and yeah. someone that can actually and, and, will, and is not okay to talk with people and interact with people, that, that's like the, the uber. Yeah. Nerd. Uba salesperson. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, too, because there's a lot of folks in my, not necessarily me in my business, but in my field, that we're all about data, which is one of the driest topics that you'll find. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That wasn't Sorry. a sound effect. That was actually just Brian. <laughs> but it, so in, in data, it's there's the skills and then there's talking about the skills. There's the action and there's actually like communicating it in real terms. Right. And that's. Back when I was in the insurance industry, it's very much similar, which is something that that it, it was very needed and still is, even in small business today. And Paul, I know you're a big networker. Yes. Is that like, do you go into the networking groups in Charlotte and say, hey, I'm the nerd whisperer, like I'll make it, I'll make the IT turn into English for you? Like, No, not until I start talking to people. Because, okay. Like, and which is kind of, which is interesting that you brought that up because like, I had, I have done a lot of networking and only because I traveled so much prior to uh, getting into my industry now Yeah, is that, you know, I, I was gone all the time. So I, outside of about the 20 people I knew in Charlotte, you know, from, from traveling, right. I, I didn't, no one knew me. So I had to go out and start fresh. So, yeah, I mean, I learned early on that it's about being interested in what the people I'm, who the, to the who the people I'm talking to right. versus them, me trying to be interesting. And That's a good if, point. if you if you are interested in who you're talking to and you ask questions about them, if you find the right people, they will start asking questions about you and then you can get into what you do. Right. And I learned that a long time ago in sales because unfortunately, you know, to well, Brian's point, it's like most people most salespeople are just want to go in and just like throw up on people. Right. And I'm like, right. ask, ask a few questions. I have all this exciting stuff to <laughs> right, offer. Yeah. Here it is. Let me right. tell you about it. And, yeah, and, right. and they don't have no idea what they're, and you know, they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. They said, how can, 
how can I be the talker if I'm not doing the talking? <laughs> <laughs> right. How can I be a salesperson if I'm not talking? I'm paid to listen. Yeah. So right, you go. Do you have the same since you do residential and business? Is it the same approach or is it a different? Oh no, we sit down like our when we walk into any office or house. You know, we don't even go to the computer first. You know, we like we try to find like the kitchen. Let's go to the kitchen. Let's sit down. Let's talk for three or four or five minutes. And it's because to your and you know this. You know, they, people call you about their oh their computer's not working. They want you to run right over and and jump on the computer. Well, if you don't know what's going on, you have to. Yeah, yes. but where do you know? How do you know where to go to? Right. And what you're telling me is not actually what's going on. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think, truthfully speaking, like, and and we're all in some level of sales. Like in what you guys do, in and and I'm saying maybe more Jack and and Brandon in this, as you look at it, maybe not having like a sales training background. How do you try to put yourself out there? You're trying to sell, but you're not trying to convince somebody to buy something they don't want. I mean, me personally, it's educational. I talk about what's going on and the reality of what is going on because I, and I'm sure you can speak to this. No one calls up and wants IT. No one has ever <laughs> it's like, like man, insurance. I need to get me some IT. <laughs> life insurance is only going to profit the person that's left. Not right. You. Uh, so people don't typically want it. They either have, are currently having an issue or they're currently having such a pain point that they're to the point where they want to scream and throw something anyway. So that's typically who you get to talk to. So there's some kind of whittling down what's actually wrong, what the real issue is and what is their expectation. And then I I don't know if you have this, but for us, we have a a level of service where if we can't offer at least this, we're not going to do it. Right. Because it puts us in too much of a situation where the liability is too high and the chance of failure is going to make us look bad. Right. And it's not because of what we're doing. It's right. because of lack of either not wanting to do it or knowledge that... Right. Not even knowledge. I mean, you're telling them is they just don't want to do it because they don't want to pay for it As or business, whatever. It's, just, it's a business decision. It just doesn't make sense. Correct. Some people just don't believe it's going to happen to right. them. And I think that's true for not just IT, but anything. If you get a customer that, that calls you up and says, I want you to do this, and you're the expert in that field, and then you go into their office or business or home or whatever and say and do exactly what they want you to do without asking any questions and finding out what's going on, it always blows up in your face, right? Yeah. Yeah, it ne- it's like 100%. Anytime, and somebody told me, if you can't deliver your product the way you want to deliver it and how you would deliver it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because it's never going to go well. It yeah. will always blow up and it will always be your fault. There, there, there is a, and that's a very true point. And when we, I mean, what I do, I actually see businesses in these modes, like where they're at. And there's two different approaches depending on where you're at. If you're in that mode of, I need more revenue to survive, then whatever you're asked to do, the answer is yes, then go figure out how to do it. When you're not in that mode and you're in that mode where I'm surviving, like that's not the the issue, but now I want to create the right business model. Now you're in a totally different element where, yeah, I like right now I will sit down with somebody and they will want coaching and I will recommend somebody else because I will, I can tell you right out of the gate, there are some people that I would start working with that won't get six months because I know we're not going to mesh. And I just will, I just won't start because I don't want to waste their time or my time. I was talking to a uh, very wise man here in Charlotte, Bert Freeman, uh, about 
kind of what we're talking about. Bert Freeman, he's a good yep. guy. Absolutely. And he said, there's two questions. Bert, we're looking for you for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. You should, after then my next one. <laughs> but we were talking about exactly what we were chatting about now. And he said, there's two questions as the, the provider of the service. He said, there's two questions that you ask. One is, did we provide the service we said we were going to provide? And the second one is, did the customer receive the service they thought they were going to receive? Both of them are very... Yeah. Important. Yeah. Right? And again, if you, to what we were talking earlier about, Brandon, if, if you're not asking those questions and if you just go in and do, you're not going to uncover what they really want you to do, what, they're, what the outcome they really wanted, right? Yeah. So if, you have to have that conversation with them. Yeah. It's a good point because in my world, so back to the how do I do sales and the tying into Paul's point too. I am the opposite of salesperson. I will never be a salesperson who goes in and says, I have all these big, shiny, awesome things. You, you'll be one. the last person to get everybody in a bar to chant something. Okay, I'll be the second one to participate, <laughs> <laughs> as history has shown. That's not salesman. That's, 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 that's exactly. That's just emphasizing a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, a good idea when I hear it. Right, right exactly. And then I chant it. <laughs> Roy but... <laughs> So mine is very much like yours, Brandon. It's very educational. It is, hey, I'm having this problem. I want to know this answer, and I know it's important. I just have no idea how to do it. And it's, oh, look, here's how you do it. If, if this is something that you can do and have the time to do, this is how you do it. Just just go ahead and do it. Nine times out of ten, they don't have the expertise or the time or the anything sure. to do it in data. And then that's yep. kind of where the, all right, well, what does working with you look like come in? Well, yeah. And, and I, I think with, like, your as I'm pointing to him. Yeah, I was gonna say, say, he's pointing to me. Yeah, Brian. as with Brian and Jack, there's an end result that they have a desire for. That's a good yep. point, yeah. So they desire X, and if they do work with you and kind of go down that mode, they should receive X. And it's hard to show a benefit of IT because if you're doing it right, they never get the, they, they, the Yeah, result. they never understand that. Yeah, it, yeah the, the reason you don't have an issue is because, because of, of what me. we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> Because of run us, a right. Ma- you right. run a maintenance business. Yeah, it's, like, it's... Nobody gets to the problem if you properly maintain your business. Correct. If I'm doing my job right, you shouldn't hear or see from me very often. Right. Right. All my things are in the background. But there, but that's I'm the wizard behind this. There are so <laughs> right. many people that <laughs> think... Like, to the so I try to tell our customers, this is a little bit more me, but to get back to that brand. And I spend a certain amount of time with them, especially on the coaching end. But I tell them up front, like, you're not paying me for my time. You're paying me for the value that we're gonna deliver in your business. So like, if you go on vacation and we miss a meeting, we don't have to like force it into like a 7 a.m. time slot. But like with what you're saying, it's a little bit more, you know, your value is what doesn't happen, not what does. And right. when people always want to see you, there's a miscorrelation there that your visibility is equating to your activity, where your visibility actually is probably more of an indication of problems. The, not, lack, the yeah. lack of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the thing is like, I, I would say like for both that's of a you, great, Paul That's a well, great analogy, yeah. If, yeah. if I see you too much, then I know you're not doing enough. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I, if any IT person ever comes in and tells you, hey, we'll make all this go away and you'll never have a problem again, lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if oh, they yeah. can make you 100% secure, lie. There's no such thing. Right. I mean, the government spends a ton of money 
companies spend tons of money and they get hacked they get Still breached there's always the dude sitting behind the keyboard or the girl that's the weakest link it is always the weakest link and always will be and no matter how much you i say i could strap you in a car and put a five-point harness on you roll cage all the safety equipment that I can possibly think of, if you choose to run that car into the wall at 150 miles an hour, you're probably going to die. There's nothing going to stop you from it. Your gas tank explodes. Yeah, there's something. Right. None <laughs> of the caging helps. Yeah, no, right. none of that helps. So, and NIT is the same way. And I mean, there's ways to mitigate it with reporting, things like that, that they can see what you're doing, but people get report blind after about a month. Sure. And, and, and what's the stat? Yeah. It, and I'm making this up, but isn't it like 7% of employees, no matter how much you train them and tell them and do all this stuff? They'll click they, on the bright shiny There object. are still 7% yes. of your employees that will still click on that, that link or open that email. Yes. It, it, it's and it's always the same one. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Always the same employee or always the same email? No, it's always the same employee okay. and every company... Has, has that same employee yeah or employees employees yeah sometimes they seven, have multiple percent in most company or a lot of the companies we work with is one person yeah some companies it's five yeah right. and right. i'm making that i'm making fingers. a seven i, up, but it's I like agree one. seven <laughs> percent of the time they count. click on it 100 percent of the time <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> we're all worried about the one percenters it's a seven percenters yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and security i mean it's yeah. that simple it, it security is really that simple you click yeah. on one email you can put a lot of security behind it but at the end of the day if they go and pump in their username and password and they are somebody I, they you're 100 percent right because i and, and i'll throw jack in in the same bucket as me just in this Un, under the bus i was no, really not under the, under the bus i was in like all right here we go <laughs> jack's time. business model is flawed bless their heart jack i gotta be honest though <laughs> but like what we do has the connotation of how things move forward. So when we sit down with somebody, we're appealing to what will happen. When you guys, Paul, Brandon, and, and if Russell were here, I, I, I don't know, whatever. If Russell were here, we'd <laughs> throw him probably more in the, the Jack and Brian category. But the two of you, like Brandon and Paul, you're talking about all the things that you don't want to have happen. And it's a totally different sales conversation because and it's not about how you position it, but like what Jack offers, like dashboarding, like accessibility, like ways to look at things in a different light, like that moves you forward. When I talk to a business owner about like, where do they want to be in three years? And we set a plan to get there and we start working together on it. That's moving forward. You guys have that tough spot where it's like, nobody sees what you do forward looking. They're always looking at the present and like, I didn't get hacked today. So I guess it's a win. Well, right. and they don't. They don't want it. It's not shiny. It's not pretty. It's it's just a cost, and they don't want it. And, and they don't look at it as like, I've got through another day without hack, without being hacked. That, that should when, be how they look. What at they it. look that's at a, it is yeah. that's they sh that's what they should be doing. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point because it's it's not. Oh, I didn't ha get hacked today. Paul and Brand did a great job. Right. It's man, I just spent another yeah, however many dollars. Yeah. Why, yeah. Pay these guys? why do I right. keep paying this? And never nothing ever comes up from it. Right. <laughs> Well then, so well, there's a reason. <laughs> so all my employees are productive and, and everything's yeah. working fine, and I don't yeah, and nobody, I didn't have a headache today. Nobody's stealing money out of the cash <laughs> right. Right, great. You know? No bad emails were clicked. Right. So, me and my analytical data realm, it's eventually, statistically, you will probably be hacked at some point. Right. So it is 
how long do you delay that or how much do you prevent that? And then if you get hacked today, it's 200 grand net cost to your business is a thousand bucks a month or 500 or 1500 or like whatever reasonable cybersecurity monthly. Is that worth it to prevent $200,000? Yeah, probably. And then five years down the road when it's $1.2 million, is that worth it then? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And the problem is that most people, they, most small business owners only look at it as, oh, they're not coming after me because, you know, wh- whoever hears about, you know, Joe Schmo's garage door. Or Some pineapple salesman. The, the, yeah. the, pineapple Russian, sale, yeah. the, the Russians yeah. don't even know me. Yeah, right. they, they, I'm not even on their radar, but, you know, because you, you, you don't make the news when you get hacked, right? Yeah, right, but, exactly. But Target yeah. does and Walmart does. And, and But you know how they got through those? Through the little dude who had right. access to yeah, their... Exactly. So it's that small company that gets into the big company. It Their attacks are now one to many. It's not going after a target that has that. It's the person who has access. So you go after HBAC that has 500 customers that has access to all those networks, and that's what they're looking for. And to be honest, the small companies, the reason they don't make the news is because half the time they wouldn't even know. Right. They have That's nothing in place. And, who, yeah, and it's not going to make the news. I mean, who's going to listen to, you know, Joe Schmo's garage getting hacked? Yeah. But, you right. know, when, when <laughs> Unless Elon yeah. Musk takes oh, his car there. Right, yeah. That's Dogecoin. Yeah. Dogecoin. Yeah, so it's like that. That's why it doesn't, it's not sexy. It doesn't sell, you know, advertising. But it would be nice, though. I mean, it, and I'm sure this would be your dream if people looked at it as it's not the amount of money I'm spending. It's the amount of money that I'm not having to spend, you know, like on because like if you get blown up and somebody hacks you all that, like, you know, twelve hundred bucks a month or fifteen hundred bucks a month that I was paying to be secure for the last five years is inconsequential to my three million dollar business just got shut down. Correct. And that's the biggest thing that people don't. They try to put a dollar value to it like, oh, it's going to cost. That's the least of the problems. Right. That's I mean, it's a problem, but it's the least of your problems. Even if you had cybersecurity insurance to cover it, that is not going to cover your reputation. Right. It's not going to cover your downtime. It's not going to remediation. So they might cover the remediation to get it, the data cleaned up and all that stuff, but they're not going to cover, like in California, I know that was a big thing, is you have to do credit monitoring for every affected client for a year. Well, if it's 30 bucks and you have 10,000 people in a database, right. that number's not recoverable. You can't. Right recover from that right. and the fine is minimum 150,000 right. plus plus the credit monitoring so yeah and then people are pissed you know it's like you know you got to explain to every person that you have credit monitoring for that yeah we weren't responsible and half the time it's cuz they aren't responsible with the data it's right. just really right. nilly really <laughs> nilly there it is that's the episode name right yeah here. i was even going to say the reputation is the hard part because yeah. yes yeah. like let's say you have $10 million in the bank, you just like, okay, we're going to monitor credit. like Make it rain. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> fine, whatever. I've got a spare 10 mil, whatever. Now, next time a customer comes in, this company was hacked. Do you want to work with them? Mm, probably not. Because there's a competitor that hasn't been hacked or at least not publicly hacked, right? And so it's the dollar impact that accounts for the reputation. Yeah, it's a bit of a scarlet letter. Yeah. Exactly. If, That's exactly And it depends on what you're doing, too. If you're an accounting firm and you've been hacked... Well, that's a bigger deal than Walmart being hacked, or not that they were hacked, but like yeah, Home Depot. 
you don't have all the business details and things like that that a CPA would have. Correct. Right. You know, that, that accountant's going to have a way harder time because there's a super high level of trust. I don't have any trust relationship. Full stop. With, <laughs> well, no, with Home Depot, there's no trust relationship. I walk in, I buy my two by four yeah. and I walk out. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that my credit card is probably going to get hacked at some point, like always. Every five minutes you get a new credit card in the mail because it was compromised. Yeah. Now, if I go to my CPA and they're hacked, that means my social security number's hacked, all my personal information's hacked, all my tax returns, everything. Even my employer, when I left my last job, they got hacked and someone filed my taxes for me. That was very nice of them. <laughs> and I just want to go on record that I support Lowe's because they are a uh, local North Carolina-owned uh, and started company. Oh, that's cool. Versus home. So you go to that's the parking cool. lot with your Bojangles bag and your cheer wine sitting, <laughs> yeah. you know, sitting in the Lowe's parking lot, right? Listening to the Avid Brothers. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, because <laughs> the Jonas Brothers all up weren't in on. The yeah, the Very Jonas <laughs> Brothers weren't on this time. But, right. No, but to, no, seriously, to your point, though, I mean, it's like you don't go there looking for security. You go to the banks. You go to the doctor's right. office. You go to the CPA. That, yeah. That's where you're looking for security. Yeah. And, and, and we were chatting about sales earlier, and I think it's like I hate selling on fear. Which is the hardest thing in IT is like you want to sell the, the positiveness of it, right, Brandon? Yeah, that's exactly. And we've had the conversation yep, yeah. a million times. Right. He, he was uh, pointing at me again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like fear-based selling. Right. It's not. Yeah, I'm not out there to go scare the crap out of you to buy it because that's not a. Mm -hmm. It's not a legit. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, and then when it, it that's exactly. And it's just not how I. It leaves a bad not, taste in your mouth. It's not the relationship I want to have. I'm not going to come right. in and doom and gloom every time you come in to tell them, well, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. It's right. like... It's not the customer base we were, we're looking at. No. So, yeah. so, all right. So, boiling it all down, because we do have to wrap up. Now that we've scared <laughs> the crap out of everybody, every listener, politely, <laughs> Plus you know how to go make yourself secure. But I think it's a fair conversation, because I think as people move more and more to remote work and they're getting on their own like networks and stuff like that. I don't know that small business is quite aware of the risk they're bringing into their business with that. They have no but idea. But they're happy to accommodate <laughs> because they don't want to lose their employees, which I totally get. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Any, they're more at risk. Maybe yeah. for the, the two IT guys, any, any parting words or thoughts? If you own a business and have people working from home, you definitely need to be talking to someone who's in IT or a third party because I guarantee those computers at home are the most riskiest thing in your business right now because everybody's doing everything at home. There's no restrictions. You have no idea what's going on with that computer. And then they log into your network and completely connected to everything in it. Yeah, they're just like a pathway. Yeah, it's, right. it's cell phones are another big one. Paul, Paul, what, what about you? Anything? I mean, 99% what he just said right on. The only thing I could add is like, you know, from working at home, they may be using their own devices. And then so you, you have no control over what their kids are doing on those same devices. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, right. A, it's right. an open portal. Absolutely. There's, yeah, and the kids are clicking on everything. Yep. Anything Adults are clicking everything. on everything. Anything and everything, absolutely. Yeah, with, with zero security. And like I said, cell phones are another really big problem. Yeah. You take a cell phone that runs no antivirus, and you're either plugging it into your home computer, you're plugging it into the network computer. Right. And it is unfettered access to everything in the network. Yeah. And like I said, I go back, we're all working from home, and so are the bad guys. And yep. there's more of them yeah. now, right? Right. Yep. Yes. And oh, there's... They're never, never not working. Maybe they're the crystal meth tweakers. They're up all, no, all hours. <laughs> they're not. They are uh, highly motivated. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, cool. All right. So taking us out here. Uh, thanks again, Paul, for joining us. Uh, and yeah, thanks tune in next week. Boardwalk Billies as well. Yeah, thank you, Boardwalk Billies. Yes. If I had a perfect day, I would have it start this way. Open up the fridge and have a tall boy. Yeah. Then I'd meet